Hey, Haley. Yeah, Alyssa? Are you ready to change the narrative around women's sports? Let's do it. You are listening to Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski, and this is the Iron Women Podcast, a production from Lip Feisty Media. Haley and Alyssa are longtime professional triathletes and coaches. Between them, they have completed more than 50 iron distance races and just as many 70.3s. Their accomplished careers include nine professional wins and one fastest known time. Haley, do I have to tell the listeners how many of those wins are mine? Nah, we'll keep that between us. The Iron Women podcast has a Patreon community which helps support our podcast. If you love the podcast, check us out at patreon.com forward slash livefeisty. And don't forget to tell a friend. Now, let's get to the show. podcast loves Gooder sunglasses. They're made in recklessly fun colors and come in styles that actually look good. My favorite is flamingos on a booze cruise. They have translucent pink frames and teal lenses that add a pop of color to all my workout clothes. Gooder sunglasses are no slip, no bounce, and polarized. I raced in a pair of Gooders at the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials earlier this year. Gooder is generously offering our listeners nothing, nothing at all. Gooder sunglasses start at only $25 a pair, so no discounts are needed when they're already the most affordable performance shades on the planet. Go to gooder.com forward slash feisty. That's G-O-O-D-R.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Check out the Live Feisty curated collection or pick up your own favorites. Look good, run Gooder. triathlon is certainly hard on your skin without a doubt. That was Teresa Helsel, dermatologist PA and accomplished triathlete. Earlier this year, Teresa came on the podcast to offer skincare advice specific to triathletes. Teresa's two biggest tips were to avoid sunburn and chafing. And luckily, Iron Women podcast listeners get 15% off all Zelio skincare products, including Sun Barrier SPF 45 zinc-based sunscreen and Betwixt Athletic Skin Lubricant and Chamois Cream. Use the code IRONWOMEN at TeamZelios.com for 15% off and use Zelios products to protect your skin during all your swim, bike, run fun. Haley, how's it feel to be a 35-year-old? How was the birthday run? Alyssa, it was amazing. 35 is off to a great start. I don't know if you saw any of my social media posts, but we made it. I ran the whole Bridger Ridge which is the mountain range right outside Bozeman where I live. I've never run the entire thing in its entirety in one go. And so that was my birthday adventure this year, last Thursday. And it's about 20 miles um, total run on trail. And you can probably uh, respect this, but I think it ends up, it's point to point. And I think it had a little over 6,000 feet of elevation gain and 9,000 feet of descending. So, whoa. Yeah. I can, that's legit. I can tell you, you how feel much- it in your quads uh, as a 
35 years old in one day, your quads were certainly telling you that, I am sure. <laughs> my quads were, uh, were a little traumatized. Um, initially, my coach had actually written a track workout for Saturday. Oh, no. <laughs> and like we did the run on Thursday, so that's two days after. And I, I actually got dressed and got out myself out of the door, like started my watch and like started to go jog. And I was like... <laughs> It was like, I made it a quarter mile in six minutes <laughs> and I was supposed That's amazing. To do, like my actually, it was a one, the warm up, And I was like, you know what? There is no way I'm going to run the paces that I'm supposed to run. Like I can't even get on my easy warm up to the track. I'm like, I think I need an easy bike ride. So I, um, I hopped on the trainer, but I am a couple days later. I'm feeling much better. Some of those easy rides and easy swims have done wonders and it was totally worth it. It was worth it. But my legs are definitely not used to 9,000 feet of descending. <laughs> That's amazing. And Haley, I, I did see some of your Instagramming and especially up on, I think, uh, I think it was like the summit, not just the ridgeline where the wind was like howling. And it's, that's like one of the things that always creeps me out the most about being on mountaintops is like the wind is always so scary to me. It's scary to me on at like sea level when it's really windy for whatever reason, that's the element that always gets me. But how high up were, like, what was the highest point? I forget if we went up through this last week. Oh gosh, I should know this, but so it, because it's point to point, the highest point was actually the very first summit. So the video I posted was from about four hours in. And okay. so the whole run took a little over six hours or around six hours with some stops. And we, I, I had checked the forecast and even that morning it said like 30% chance of rain. So I was like, ah, it's gonna be great. Like, and we started at 4:50 AM in the morning. And so, and it took a little while to get to the trailhead. And so we were expecting like this incredible sunrise on the very first summit. I, I should look it up. I think it's, it's definitely over 10,000 feet. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, but, um, the very first summit, but it's, uh, on Sacagawea peak. And we were expecting to like have this incredible sunrise and we get up there and we did not even, we weren't even there for like more than like 12 seconds because it was like, <laughs> let's get down. Like, luckily there was no lightning or anything, but it was that I did not take a picture. I did not pull up my phone. It was dark. We were still had our headlamps on. It was so windy and so rainy and so cold. Like I could not feel my fingers. And I went with Vanessa Forrester who has been, um, on the, on the mini episodes and, um, and she's a neighbor and one of my coached athletes. And then also, um, another woman, Kendra Gillespie and Kendra is like a really, really good mountain runner and Vanessa is as well. And so they're like going down these slick rocks, like no big deal, like a couple little mountain goats. And then there's Haley, the triathlete slash road runner. <laughs> I, I did all right. Um, definitely the uphills are more my thing. Another highlight of the trip was Nikki Kimball, uh, another iron women podcast past guest and the past record holder of the long trail, um, FKT and who we, we know well, Nikki is like, was like the guardian angel of the Ridge. Like she met us. Well, I saw she had some Pringles in her hydration pocket of her hydration vest. And I was like, this is gold. Like I bet those were well received. Well, actually like we had planned, my parents were going to hike up midway and kind of have an aid station for us, but the weather was so bad and they got too cold. So they did hike up with the dogs, but they just like stashed some water and left and, and some snacks. But then, um, the plan, like we got there, I just was anticipating because on this Ridge, normally it's, it can be really hot. You're really exposed. Like there's, you're really high for a lot of it. And so you just don't get a lot of 
there's not a lot of shade. And so it can be really, really hot. And it's, the air is usually really dry. And the last time I was up there, I was like so, so thirsty. So usually <laughs> it's my plan. And instead we're like freezing cold. So Nikki actually hauled down a lot of the snacks <laughs> my parents had oh. left so that, you know, we, we didn't have to carry them all, but, um, but she, it was so fun. I mean, th- so there is a race on this course. It's called the Bridger Ridge run. It's quite hard to get into because it's a lottery. It's very popular. And Nikki was, I believe the first woman to ever break four hours on this course, which, I mean, it took me over six. So that's, it's, Nikki's incredible. Like it helps me put that into perspective. And she held the course record for like a really long time. And it was cool to short, to share the trail with her. Obviously she had ankle surgery last year. And so she says that her technical trail abilities aren't what they used to be, but they seemed pretty good to me. But, um, but (laughs) it was, it was just, that was really, really special to share a few miles with Nikki and, and then and um, the weather did clear up uh, toward the end. We got some blue skies and then we were actually like quite warm. <laughs> and so it was kind of a, it was an adventure of a day and we were done by like 11 AM. That's one of the nice things. If you start that early, it was like incredible to have like lived a whole day and then it wasn't even lunchtime. So I, I highly recommend That's- it. If you have, if you have the few days of soreness to spare afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a fantastic, fantastic adventure run. Well, I'm glad you had a good adventure run, and I'm glad you are giving our listeners a mountain running safety tip, which is probably always pack an emergency rain jacket, puffy, no matter what the weather says it is going to be in the mountains, especially um, if you are like newer to the trails, you might not realize how quickly the weather can change when you're up at elevation. And it doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be 10,000 feet like like that. Um, It can be 3,000, 4,000 feet, any of that, like... I am the old lady who's like always overpacking on the trails because you truly, truly never know. And it's like the worst. It can be super fun still as long as you're prepared. So that's my little safety plug for the day. Yes. I, I will say that like I left my, when I left my house that morning at like, you know, three something in the morning, I think it was 70 degrees at my condo. And I thought I was like, I considered not bringing a jacket because I thought I was like way overdressed and I was wearing my vest, like a cycling vest just because, and a hydration pack, but the vest has a lot of pockets. So I could put a lot of snacks in there. And I was almost like, ah, do I need this? And I almost actually went back in the house to get sunscreen because I was like, oh, I should probably leave the jacket, carry the sunscreen so I can reapply. And Kendra did not bring a jacket. So that's the other reason that Nikki was her guardian angel. Cause Nikki, Nikki had brought up a spare jacket. Oh, so she's oh my gosh, obviously her, yeah. seasoned trail runners, uh, Nikki Kimball, Alyssa Gadeski, are like bring your jacket <laughs> no matter what, because yeah, I was not anticipating needing it. And it, it, I ended up wearing it like the entire time, like maybe the last half hour I took the jacket off. But other than that, I was like, I wish I had gloves. I wish I had brought more. So yes, good lesson for sure. Well, Haley, if you are staying down more at, uh, well, I guess you're never really at sea level, um, but lower down in the mountains, um, this upcoming week, you will be able to try out the exciting update from Form Swim, who is a supporter of the Iron Women podcast. And this week, this is the week, Haley, that we've been waiting for, for their summer 2020 update, where we will have the um, distance capability, like viewable in the eye gasket of the fit form swim goggles as you're open water swimming along with the time. So it sounds very exciting. I'm I've heard the rumors are it's this week. So 
we will have to go to forumswim.com. Keep an eye out for that update. I think they even have like a, a mailing thing when you go to the website. You could sign up and the, I'm sure the email blast will come out to let you know when the update is officially out. But everyone can keep an update um, or an eye out for that exciting update for their form swim goggles. I'm excited. I hope it does come out before Friday. I have a little uh, kind of a going away party for a couple of friends. We're doing an open water swim on Friday. So it would be cool if I could uh, get some of those metrics from my swim, my goggles. But if not, I'm, uh, I'm okay waiting another week if it doesn't come out quite this week, but um, I'll be checking anxiously. And I still like the time. Like I've said before, I like that I can see the time and I don't have to look at my watch. But um, I am excited that the lakes here are finally like warm enough. I might be going non-wetsuit, Alyssa, this week. I'm, I'm like, it's like borderline <laughs> there. It's like, oh. You could always do the wetsuit unzipped if you want to be like Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish there was photo evidence. I wish that woman you met had like a GoPro and everything, but <laughs> um, never a dull moment, but yeah, formswim.com. And we are thankful for our partner in form swim goggles. Haley, we, we actually did get some mailbags in this week, which was great. And some informative emails that we enjoyed reading, but um, we didn't have any emails that came into the mailbag with questions. So if anyone does have questions that you want or thoughts and other emails, just send everything in to the iron women podcast at gmail.com iron women podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love answering questions about life or training or racing. So send them our way. And Alyssa, we have a great interview this week. I'm really excited. This is a very high energy interview and I'm excited to listen to it again. Can you tell us who we are chatting with? Yes, Haley. So today we are talking to Skylar Smith, who is a Howard University alum and one of the two swimmers that has been chosen by the organization Black Kids Swim for the Goray Project. The Goray Project is bringing to life the first time in history that an African-American team will swim in the Dakar Goray Swim. The Dakar Goray Swim is a 3.5 mile swim from Dakar, Senegal to the island of Goray. From the 15th to the 19th century, the island of Goray was Africa's largest trading center of enslaved people. The swim race has been happening for 32 years with hundreds of Senegalese swimmers taking part in it every year, but to date, no African American teams have swum. The mission of the Goray Project is twofold to destroy the stereotype that black people can't or don't swim, and also to educate African-Americans and Sangalese about their respective history and culture to build community. We talk about the Goray Project, as well as what it's like to be a recent college grad and be an up-and-coming social media influencer with Skylar up next. Haley, it only took a global pandemic for me to realize how much I truly appreciated swimming and to make open water swimming something I am actually eager to do. Then you'll be super excited for our new 2020 partnership with Orca Wetsuits. Alyssa, you and our listeners can get 15% off at orca.com with the code IRONWOMEN15. This is meant to be. My first wetsuit I raced in was an Orca Wetsuit, actually, so I already know I like them. I've been trying out their Swim Run Wetsuit. Soon I'll have no excuse not to race one of those events. Thanks to Orca for getting us set up to tackle all the open water swim action. Don't forget, that's code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Hi, Skylar. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. 
So before we get into the Goray Project, which is the main feature of our chat with you today, I'm happy to have you on just to give us some of your perspective as a recent college graduate of Howard University. So what was it like spending your last semester of college in a time of a global pandemic? Oh my gosh, it was a mess, a mess. They, it was like so sudden, like we were supposed to be going on spring break. And then they're like, oh, you'll just get an extra week of spring break. And over here we're like, woo, yes, like extra time. And then they're like, oh, actually you have to pack all your stuff and go home. And I'm like, what? So it was just such a fast transition. But thank goodness my season was done. Like we just finished our conference and everything. So that was, uh, it was just, sad because you didn't get to say like your goodbyes to everyone it was just kind of like cut off really fast but uh, I've been taking this time to really figure out my life and then I got introduced to the Goray project so it's like some pluses in the end but overall it's been just crazy and did you have like oh go ahead Haley sorry (laughs) I was gonna ask did you have a virtual graduation oh yeah they like did it on um some type of live stream. It was kind of weird. It was weird. I was just at, on the couch like, aw. Because, <laughs> you know, you want to, like, cross the stage and take pictures with your friends and all. But it was just, like, so weird. Me and I have three other siblings, and we all graduate this year. So crazy. Like, Oh, wait, except for my youngest brother. So me, my brother graduated from high school, so he's going to college. And then my sister graduated from middle school, so she's going to high school. So we all had virtual graduations. It was so weird. And what about like social life? Like, I guess, I don't know. I feel like my, <laughs> Haley and I are a little bit older than you. So like our era <laughs> of people is like doing like Zoom happy hours and stuff with friends. Like, do you guys have something that's like younger and more hip that we can try out to be like staying social? <laughs> um, well, my swim team, we use house party a lot, and it's really fun because you can have as many people as you want on there. And, you know, like Zoom, I think, has like a time limit, but house party could be on forever, and that's really fun. And they have it for like Androids and stuff, so it's not just for like iPhones, but we use house party most of the time, or we just FaceTime each other. House party, I'm going to have to write that down. I haven't heard of that. Yeah, it's, but It's really fun. You can play games on there, too. They have games. We can all use some virtual gaming together right now, right? Or like, I don't, um, but going back to t- Howard University, you were pretty busy while you were at school there. You were the captain of the swim team, oh, yeah. majored in sports medicine, and you got a minor in chemistry. And if people have a chance to check out the Goray Project videos or your YouTube channel, they will see that you're, you have a lot of enthusiasm, enthusiasm for life and enthusiasm for your university. So I'm a proud Georgia Bulldog. I went to the University of Georgia. Alyssa, uh, she went to the Naval Academy and the University of Virginia. So we are all, are, we're all about the school spirit here. Can you tell us a little bit about your time at Howard and why it was so special to you? Uh, well, coming from L.A. to D.C. is totally different transition, total different atmosphere, but it was so fun. I had so much fun at Howard, especially being on the swim team. It was just like my own little bubble. Like, our team is really close. Like, we're, like, really close. I probably spend, like, 98% of my day with them. So just being at Howard was just like a family-oriented atmosphere. Everybody was always looking out for each other. Everyone knew each other, at least knew their name. So it was just like a great – I just 
it just makes me so happy. I love Howard. I always speak highly about Howard. I used to want to be like a one of those people who give tours and stuff. <laughs> I used to want to do that because I just I always talk about Howard with everyone. I want everyone to go. <laughs> well, so I had a great time. Yeah, I'm so happy you watch my YouTube channel. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I've always wanted to make one and I have all this extra time. I said, I need to make one and stop playing. I did watch the episode where you baked a cake blindfolded and that oh. one was very entertaining. <laughs> oh my gosh. My sister broke the cake. Everyone's like, no, Skylar, you broke it. I said, no, I didn't. She was supposed to catch it. <laughs> oh my gosh. We... <laughs> my mom was like, what are you guys doing? We're like, don't worry about it. The cake tasted so good, though. It was, like, pretty surprising. It did look actually pretty delicious, and it is entertaining. If We'll, we'll be sure to link to your YouTube channel in our show notes <laughs> in case anyone wants to check those out. There, There's some great videos on there. Um, so I was going to – or we do want to ask about the Goray Project. And mm-hmm. for our listeners, um, we maybe we could just start by saying what it is. Can you tell us what it is? So the Goray Project is an initiative from Black Kids Swim, which is a nonprofit based in Maryland, DC. Maryland? Yeah, Maryland. <laughs> and um, the Great Project is where we travel to Senegal and we swim from the shores of the car to the island of Goree. And it's the same route as our ancestors swam to escape the slave trade, but in reverse. So instead of them coming from Goree to Senegal, we'll be coming from Senegal to Goree. And but this is like more than just a swim. It's the first step to bridging the gap between the African Americans and Africans because you know there's a lot of stereotypes around the two, and we're just trying to build us back together and uplift our communities. I'm really excited. Black Kids Swim is their first year doing it, so we're the first ones going. Me and Noah, so we're just going with the flow. See how it goes. And Skylar, how did this come about for you personally? Like, what was your initial reaction to the project? How did they? pick you and tell you, um, you know, I imagine this time has been super, you know, just like you said, so much going on and your life was just kind of like Mm -hmm. uprooted in the spring with COVID-19. Then we've had a resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement and so many like life changes and things going on in the short amount of time. And then you have this opportunity. So like, what was that like for you? So, um, Noah, which is the other guy that's coming with me, he was doing community service with them during the pandemic, doing like Zoom workouts and stuff. So they were talking to him about the project, but I already knew Black Kids Swim because us and Swim Team, they do a lot of like events with each other. So I knew about them. I knew what their mission was, which was to get more uh, minorities into the pool. So I always had like an idea of them. And then Noah was like, oh, Skylar, I got this crazy opportunity to travel to Africa and swim. But I thought I was done swimming. Like after conference, I said, I'm not swimming anymore. I'm done with the pool. Like I'm done. But he's like, no, we have to go. This is going to be so fun. And Noah's like one of my best friends at Howard. So I was like, oh my gosh, let me just look into this and see what it is. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like crazy. Like this is life changing. So I just hopped on board. Literally, I just called them and I was like, I'm ready. Like, I want to go. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's let's get this started. And we just started having meetings and how it's going to go about. And then boom, the project began. And the island of Goree, which I believe from the 15th to 19th century 
it was Africa's largest trading center of enslaved people. Yeah. And today it's a UNESCO heritage site and it helps serve as a reminder of human exploitation and as a sanctuary. And from the sounds of it, this swim is almost like a pilgrimage. Do you feel like it's that way for you? Yes, I've never been to Africa. So for me, like, it's just for a cultural experience just to, you know, see how it is over there. I heard it's like really heavy going to the island because they have like a museum where they used to house the slaves before taking them to America. So for me, I'm just wanting to experience that culture and that history over there. But yeah, I'm really excited. Once we get to the island, I think we're staying there for a day just to like see everything. So it's kind of like nerve wracking, but exciting at the same time. So as part of this, they're going to document your preparation for the trip and the swim, and it's going to be released as web episodes, which we can link to mm -hmm. in our show notes as well. And they're aiming to prepare you for this, not only physically for the swim, but also mentally and culturally. So can you break down mm -hmm. each of those for us and like what the prep looks like? So let's just talk physically right now. Um, obviously you know how to swim, but like, are you doing a specific training for open water swim now? It's, you know, three and a half miles is certainly not a short swim. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I just started doing open water training with this team I found through Black Kids Swim. And I go like every day, I try to go every day, like at 6am and every day the, the mileage depends like we'll do a mile two miles like the other day I did three miles which was crazy I was not expecting that long but yeah so I just start off just open water swimming as much exposure in the water as possible because you know currents and waves and we don't know how it's going to go so just getting me in the water as much as possible and then for like mentally we're talking to a lot of open water experts and historians and activists just get our mind right for what we're about to experience and really understand the cultures over there because we don't want to just go over there blindside or anything. So, and we're also taking um, classes like French classes because they speak French over there a little bit. So we're trying to like, you know, bridge that gap, that language barrier. So it's like a whole bunch of stuff. We're just starting with the cultural learning right now. So we've just been doing open water swimming as of now. I read that Ebony Rosemond, the founder and executive director of Black Kids Swim, she was quoted as saying that this swim is meant to begin to break down the stereotypes that have kept the African diaspora fractured for so long. So breaking mm -hmm. down stereotypes and mending a fractured diaspora sounds like a huge goal. Do you feel added pressure from the cultural part of this project? Not really. I'm really excited. Excited, honestly, I think it's going to get really big. I just, the first step's always everything. Coming from Howard and being a captain, I really shown how, like, what leadership takes. So I'm actually not scared at all. It's more like anxiety. Like, I just want it to happen or I just want to get there. Just anxious. So, not really, actually. I've never really thought about it. I just, just going to have fun on the way and see what happens. And Skylar, we've talked a little bit of now about the Black Kids Swim organization, which is kind of like the muscle behind the Gorey Project. And you will mm -hmm. undoubtedly inspire many young Black swimmers who will be watching this project exposed through Black Kids Swim and other organizations. So why is it important to you to be a face for these young swimmers who are, you know, or maybe aspiring swimmers e e even who are looking at this project? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, because coming up into the swim world, I really didn't have like an icon or like a role model. I would look at like Michael Phelps, of course, and Missy Franklin, but it was like, okay, I think, and subconsciously, I'm like, okay, I don't see any of me out there. So I'm like, can I get to that point? But like going to Howard and then these little kids will come to our swimming. It's like, oh my gosh, like you're so fast. How do I swim like you? It's like, makes me want to cry. So just wanting to be that face for them, I'll literally do whatever it takes just to show them that, yes, you can get to this point and it's how I got here and you can be even bigger and better than me. The Goray Project website mentions you'll be working with a team of Olympians, historians, and Senegalese thought leaders. And I did see the video that Maritza McClendon made in support of the project. So Maritza was the first African-American woman to make a U.S. Olympic swim team and win an Olympic medal. And she is a former, or a fellow, former, well, we're both former, (laughs) fellow University of Georgia swimming alum, as am I. What does it mean to have the support of people like, like Ritz? It's so great because it means that people are really listening and watching out for us. It's crazy. Like, people reach out like you guys even. Like, when you guys reach out to me, I said, oh, my gosh, like, people want to talk to me? Like, wow. It just means a lot that people are out here supporting us and really looking out for what's best. And Skylar, so it's not exactly a secret, right, that competitive swimming is not mm-hmm. a very diverse uh, area. And we actually read a few stats about this, so we'll share them with our listeners now. Um, USA Swimming, the nation's organizing body for the sport, has 337,000 members, of whom only 1.3% are black. Um, The 2016 U.S. Olympic swim team was called the most diverse yet, but out of 47 swimmers, only three identified as African-American. Simone Manuel, Leah Neal, and Anthony Irvin. And according to the NCAA's demographic database there were 22,501 swimmers across all division and conferences during the 2017 to 2018 school year so a couple years ago and only 1.6 percent identified as african-american while 76 percent identified as white african-americans are just not very present in collegiate swimming as swimmers or coaches so we're curious about if you can share with us kind of your early experiences as a black swimmer. And, you know, you already mentioned that mm-hmm. looking for role models in the sport, you didn't really have someone that looked like you. But how did that evolve and change going from a young swimmer to getting to swim at Howard University, which is the only HBCU with a swim team? Mm-hmm. Um, so early on, I was like a soccer player to begin with. And like, um, like when I was younger up to middle school, but then like the field just kept getting longer and longer. I said, oh, I don't like running that much. Let me think of a different sport I can do. Because I come, all my siblings do sports. So my parents are like, okay, if you don't do soccer, what are you going to do? So I was like, okay. And then my, my middle school had a swim team. I didn't even know about swim teams. I always knew how to swim. And I love the water. I was like, oh, shit, like this. And, I'm like, and I didn't make it my, my sixth grade, didn't make it seventh grade. And then the summer before seventh grade, I said, oh, I'm going to make it on this team. Like, let me just practice or something. So I have, like, this small little pool, and I would just swim. It's like three feet. Like, I would scrape my body trying to dive. Like, I would hit my head trying to do flip turns. I said, I'm going to make this team. So eighth grade, I finally made it. But I didn't know how to do anything. Like, I didn't know how to dive. I didn't know how to flip turn. So I only could do 25, like, if that. 
So then after that, it was just like me wanting to just get better, be the best swimmer in the pool. Just having that competitive mindset is what got me to Howard. Even at Howard, like I wasn't sure if I wanted to join the team. But then when I got on campus, um, Simone Manuel, she like won her, it was a 50 freestyle. And people were going crazy. So people were coming to Howard looking for black swimmers to talk about the story. And they bumped into me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I swim. Like, I love her. Talking about the experience. And then I just hopped on the team right after. Like, I didn't even get recruited or anything. I just kind of, like, slid my way. And then it just blossomed into something so crazy. So I feel like swimming always was just meant to be part of my life. I always just ended up in swimming somewhere form. So my story is kind of weird. And I'm thinking about it. Well, you end up team captain. I feel like this is like a, I, I mean, I feel like you could, you could probably direct this as part of your YouTube act, direct, do everything. But I mean, that seems like a movie, right? Like you're answering like <laughs> a so interview crazy. and then you end up captain of the team. No, it's so weird. Cause they're like, Oh, how do you feel about it? And I was like, Oh, it was so fun to see her when like I was screaming on the TV and then like, Oh yeah, we're going to go talk to the coach. And I said, okay, I'll come with you. And I came and then they were like, Oh, let's go, pra- let's go um, take you to the pool and get some videotapes of you swimming. And then he was like, okay. And I just, and then coach Nick was just like, okay, see you on Monday. I said, what? Like, <laughs> I said, oh my gosh, shit, my swim staff, like I'm on the team. <laughs> It was so weird. And then, like, my, I love my team so much. I literally try to do anything I can for that team. So it just, like, snowball effect, I guess. I'm even in charge of their Instagram page. I'm really not trying to let it go, even though I graduated. I spent so much time on that. But, yeah, I love, I love doing, like, I just like to be very involved in everything I do. And going back to the Gory Project, we have just a couple more questions. So you've mentioned that mm-hmm. you are doing the swim with fellow Howard swimmer Noah Nicholas. And the format of the yeah. swim has you as a team, correct? So um, I guess, can you tell, this swim has been going on for, for many years. Um, I think it's like 32 mm-hmm. years already. So is it, yeah, um, it is like competitive and timed and stuff. And you guys are like a team competing against other teams or is this, kind of a symbolic team that you guys are there together swimming how is it going to shake out actually I'm the way they swim I think everyone just swims for their themselves I don't think they go as a team me and Nora just have a team because we're coming together but the bad thing about that is not very like um they don't have a lot of like media around it so it's right really hard to find information but I do see, like, some of the people, like, their times and stuff. But um, I'm not really sure how they do it over there. I just know me and Nora are going to try to win because we're very competitive. <laughs> so whoever's there want to race us, we're ready for the smoke. Like, we're ready. So I that was going to be my next question. Are you going to win? Um I did check your fundraising page and earlier today and it just launched. It just launched on July 14th, but it looks mm-hmm. like you've raised $610 of a $55,000 goal. So can you say anything to incentivize people to donate? Obviously we will link to this fundraising page in our show notes, but why should people be pulling out their checkbooks or their credit cards and donating? Yes. People should definitely donate just to bring awareness to this whole swim and make this a huge event to bridge the gap between us and the diaspora. This is bigger than just a swim meet, bigger than just a race. 
This is for us to come together as one and to break that barrier of Black people and the water. So if you donate, you're, bigger, you're part of a bigger cause altogether. So, and thank you if you donate. Love you. And this was born, the idea I think started coming together during the time with COVID-19 happening. And so the swim is supposed to take mm-hmm. place in October. Um, you know, I guess what's... I think it's September or, now. Okay. So is there... September 27th as of now. Okay. And so do you guys feel pretty, um, you know, good about being able to travel then? Do you have like... You know, is there kind of a backup plan? If not, um, I don't know. What are, I guess no one knows a lot of certainty. So I understand if, if this is yeah. one of those uncertain things too, but just curious if it's been, being talked about. Yeah, everything's up in the air right now. We're just going to try to take as many things in precaution, like take masks, wear gloves and stuff like that. Um tr- like, it's kind of nerve-wracking because we are going to be on a plane with, like, circulated air for a long time. But I think we'll be okay. The good thing is that in Senegal, they don't have a lot of cases compared to California, where I am. So that's a little better, but it's all up in the air. And and if they, like, close their borders or if we close our borders, then the swim would just be pushed back. It won't be canceled, which is a good thing. And the Goray Project will eventually be a full-length documentary feature. Right now you are releasing these web episodes. And you are creating this documentary during a pandemic. And I've read that the production team have, you know, they've combined some innovative videography and to, you know, just ways they're using to keep you safe and document this historic journey. So you obviously have a YouTube background. You're probably pretty good at this. But has it been challenging to to film these web episodes and start filming this documentary? Yes. It's like, because you have to remember, like, to videotape your life, basically, getting ready for this. But, like, since I was, like, basically, like, a media manager for a swim team, I'm kind of used to videotaping in the moment. So it's not that challenging. It's just having to videotape while I'm in the ocean. That's the hardest part because it's like not in the pool you can just videotape on the side but in the ocean you have to have someone swim with you. So um, it's a little challenging just to remember to videotape like okay I'm going to go for the run. Let me go get someone to videotape me or oh I'm about to be on this meeting with someone. Let me videotape it. So that's the most challenging part but we have like very frequent calls to make sure everyone's on board and stuff. So which is good. And we don't have to videotape for the web episodes and documentaries separately. I think they're going to combine it all. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do, which is thank you, Lori. Skylar, you, you said you had some brothers. I feel like those are prime candidates for a media manager for yourself to be videotaping you getting ready for all of this. Oh my God. They will not help me. They're just like, I have to do it, Skylar. I'm like, Come on, like, I'll videotape you. Oh, my gosh. And we have to take turns because me and my oldest brother, we share the car. So I'm like, Quincy, I have swim practice at 6.30 to 8.30, and then you can have the car. And he's like, oh, my gosh, Tyler. I'm like, you're not even going to do this anyway. They just give me a hard time, just a hard time. No help. Well, we will be sure... We'll be sure to link to not only those web episodes, but your YouTube channel in our show notes and all your social media. And that $5 
fundraising page, of course, so yes. that hopefully people do donate. We can't wait to see you and Noah representing for so many, so many African Americans in that fan, you know, this, this historic swim and we do wish you the best of luck and we do hope that you can't, you know, the race goes on. I hope that that, you know, everything can happen as it, as it's planned. I hope so. I hope so. But thank you so much. You guys are so great. Haley, it only took a global pandemic for me to realize how much I truly appreciated swimming and to make open water swimming something I am actually eager to do. Then you'll be super excited for our new 2020 partnership with Orca Wetsuits. Alyssa, you and our listeners can get 15% off at orca.com with the code IRONWOMEN15. This is meant to be. My first wetsuit I raced in was an Orca wetsuit, actually, so I already know I like them. I've been trying out their swim run wetsuit. Soon I'll have no excuse not to race one of those events. Thanks to Orca for getting us set up to tackle all the open water swim action. Don't forget, that's code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. Alyssa, what do popsicles, jello, and slushies all have in common? Hmm, they all taste like summer? Yes, but also they can all be made with noon hydration sport tabs. I have to say, it seems like the perfect way to fully embrace summer while staying properly hydrated. Agreed. If you want to make your own noon popsicles, jello, or slushies, head to noonlife.com and use the code LIVEFEISTY. That's one word with a capital L and a capital F to get 30% off your order. Also check out Noon's new podium series for pre-workout prime, during workout endurance, and post-workout recover products. That's code LIVEFEISTY at NoonLife.com for 30% off. And be sure to let us know about all your summertime tasty Noon Hydration creations. Well, Alyssa, I hope this Gore project, I hope it happens. I hope the swim goes on. I hope Skylar is able to travel to Senegal and do this swim because it sounds like a, an incredible event and I'm so excited. I know about it and I can follow her adventure and she's doing these YouTube videos and I watched a couple of them and they are worth watching. I mean, that's Skylar Smith. I think she's, she's going to be a star in some respect. I mean, she already kind of is, but, uh, I, I see big things. I, that's like a name you want to remember. I know Haley. I'm like, really hoping for a few lighter days of training because I'm pretty sure the first thing I might try and do is to uh, bake a cake blindfolded because, but I'm going to definitely get some tips from watching Skylar's videos first. I just, I do though. I love her energy. I love her enthusiasm, her ideas. I really hope this does happen for them, but either way, follow Skylar. She'll be sharing some of the prep and the Gory project is um, making those episodes for YouTube that you can also watch and just kind of follow along with the the process as they get ready to go and do this big swim. And Skylar, we are just wishing you all the best. And thank you so much for coming on once again. Alyssa, that wasn't part of the great pandemic bake off. I don't think, but I think you could <laughs> add it. I bet you could get other people. Skylar might try to trend here between you two. I mean, again, you're a star too. So send me that video <laughs> when you, when you get it done. I know it's, I mean, it's only a matter of time. The seed has been planted, so we'll see. <laughs> Alyssa, enjoy all your running and I look forward to catching up with you again next week. Bye Haley. Oh. 
You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Taylor Mahan Rudolph. Thank you to our sponsors, Zilio Skincare, Noon Hydration, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear, as well as the Live Feisty Patreon community. You can find websites and discount codes in our show notes or at ironwomenpodcast.com.